Welcome to Clay, the podcast for Christian men who are aspiring to be greatest leaders, always yearning for more Jesus, more of the uh, one thing that can really uh, fill you up so that you can uh, take on life as you've been created to do so. This is uh, going to be a fun episode today, uh, potentially a bit shorter as uh, we just dive into a singular topic. That topic is the uh, topic none other than progressive Christianity. You may have heard uh, that phrase. You may have actually even been talking to somebody and they uh, say, you know, I'm a, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm, I, I tend to lean more towards the progressive side of things. So I'm more of a progressive Christian or, or I uh, ascribe to uh, a, a more of a progressive theology or I go to a progressive church or whatever that progressive means in that context. This is a, an interesting uh, phenomenon in uh, the church today, and it's an interesting conversation to be had, and uh, I hope that after this episode you're able to have this conversation and, and continue building on it with other men in, in your life. So I'm, I'm curious for you, how would you respond if somebody told you that they are a progressive Christian? I had this opportunity a few days ago where somebody uh, confessed to me that, you know, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a Christian too. I'm more of a progressive Christian than than, uh, than than others, though. And so we had a brief conversation about what that meant, and uh, and I just asked a couple of questions. And the first question was, well, what, is, what does that mean? What does that mean to you to be a progressive Christian? And uh, this individual shared uh, some of their uh, ideology and, and theology uh, behind Scripture and how some of it applies and some of it doesn't, and how... Uh, you can read it however you want to read it, and uh, there are pieces that make sense and uh, fit for your life, and there's pieces that don't. And uh, so, in this conversation, my my response back to this individual was, "It doesn't really sound to me like you're a Christian at all, based on uh, the way that you are using Scripture and the way that you identify as a progressive Christian. Uh, it just sounds to me like you're somebody who likes some ideas that come from the Bible." and don't like everything, and so you're not going to utilize and follow everything there. And uh, that spurred into a little bit further conversation about uh, the life of Jesus and uh, what he did, uh, New Testament versus Old Testament, uh, Old uh, Hebrew law versus uh, versus the, the the law being fulfilled, and, and it was it was a fruitful, and it was a good conversation. I, I don't want to belittle that. Uh, but I walked away from that conversation, and uh, oddly enough, it was my first uh, conversation with a, a another a believer. And this individual um, is a believer, uh, and, and I don't want to uh, belabor that or or belittle that. But I, I and, and part of this podcast is is to ensure that uh, we're not drawing divisive lines for no reason in the church. Uh, what we need to pay attention to is uh, is our theology and the truth, and 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 uh, in many ways, um, I'm thinking about a, a recent sermon from uh, a pastor of the church that I attend about majors over minors in, in some aspects, uh, and as in some aspects, I I think that that applies here as well, where it does not uh, make sense though is to allow uh, people to propagate or continue to build fads around altering the Christian identity in the church. We have to make sure that we are engaging in these conversations and having them. Otherwise, there will be divisions in the church because it is far easier for you and me to avoid these conversations. It's far easier for me to just uh, tune out the uh, 
progressive ideology and, and the movements that uh, completely uh, twist and, and mangle scripture. It's it's easier for me to just say no, I you know don't believe that. That's a uh, that's a cult or that's a sect or, or whatever that is. Uh, I'm separating myself from that. And absolutely, you you should separate yourself from uh, from those who are not uh, not not preaching or teaching the, the truth. You should absolutely draw some uh, some boundaries there, and you don't want to accept, but you don't want to ignore that either. And here's why: because our young people, our people that are growing up in the faith now, that are uh, going through uh, their public school system, that are engaged with uh, their friends in sports and activities, and that have. Uh, social media and apps galore and are continually inundated by the world, continually being influenced by the world, they're going to see and experience and be exposed to uh, faith and ideology that looks similar to what they believe, that looks nice on the outside, that has all of the trimmings and all of the, the, the things that they may feel like are the most important but when it gets down to the, the truth, and, and, and in many ways, the, the hard-hitting truth, the, the, the facts, the things that people don't generally like to read because it means that they can't live the way that they maybe want to live, it's those things there that are going to be altered and going to be made easier to consume. Therefore, people are going to attach themselves to it. And the longer somebody attaches themselves to a belief system that uh, that, that that falls away from, say, the, the truth, the more likely they are to be ingrained and to want to hold on to that belief system. So today I'm going to uh, cover three things that I want you to think about and consider as you uh, mingle about, as you have conversations with other other Christians, as you are at church, as you are at your local coffee shop, as these conversations come up, and they may come up more often for you depending on your geographic location. I want you to think about uh, the way that you respond and the way that you uh, pray for and contend for uh, the faith in these matters. So the first one, as I've already hinted at, is engage. Have the conversation. Don't shy away from it. Don't push away from it. But uh, look that individual in the eyes and, and ask, some, ask some questions. Ask them to uh, really think about uh, what it is that they're saying, because uh, the truth is, if somebody's if somebody's saying that they're a progressive Christian, then uh, more often than not, what they are going to be continuing to say and 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 expanding on in their faith is that they're not a Christian at all, and that's something that is worth conversing about, is it not? It's something that would be worth stepping into the 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 arena, so to speak, and you don't need to uh, go in loaded with a bunch of facts and, and figures, and, and and actually, I would encourage you to focus on Scripture in these conversations anyway. But even then, you don't need to have the whole Bible memorized to ask questions about someone else's faith and their belief system. It's as, it's as simple as asking, well, what about blank? And, well, what do you think about this? And, and, and really engaging and, and forcing the conversation to turn itself to a, a thoughtful and inquisitive approach to... Uh, the way that somebody is making decisions about what they believe, because m- most people are going to find themselves making decisions about what they believe based on their association, who they're spending their time with the most. And so if they're spending their time with uh, people who are uh, making this uh, belief system, uh, this shift easier for them. Uh, that's probably going to be where it's coming from. Is, you know, they want to fit in. Or a lack of understanding uh, as to what it means to uh, say that God is love, but he 
also uh, has wrath, for instance, and he and there's there's uh, a lot of conversations there that uh, people would uh, just choose to um, downgrade who God is for the sake of of comfort and uh, their own understanding. And you also have to sympathize with uh, these individuals in some way because you've probably been tempted to do the same. You've probably wrestled with some of the same questions, but you've come through it in in a uh, more rooted manner through scripture and accountability with others in your life as opposed to uh, taking uh, perhaps the easier to swallow uh, path and and choosing uh, the path of least resistance when it comes down to uh, your theology. So there you have your first point, engage. Your second one, prayer. Now this uh, this conversation uh, is is one that you're you're bound to have. So we we talked about engaging, and, and prayer. And these are points are in no particular order. Prayer is something that we need to be doing in multiple facets consistently, for multiple reasons. Uh, one of which is to align ourselves with uh, the uh, the Holy Spirit in these matters. Is to align ourselves with uh, God's uh, kingdom come purpose versus our own uh, feelings of animosity and, and frustration against. Uh, things being twisted up and uh, our faith being uh, mangled to to shift and look more like the world when uh, we don't want to look like the world. In fact, we are apart from the world. Uh, we are in it, but not of it, right? And so it's easy to get frustrated and angry. And I would say that in, in many ways, a, a righteous anger here is, uh, is is a beautiful thing and should draw you to the throne and should draw you to your knees as you contend here for uh, for the faith, as you uh, pray and, and cry out for these people that you know who are, are drifting astray into uh, not necessarily denouncing or denying their faith, but uh, into this, quote, progressive ideology and this, these, these thoughts that uh, they uh, come up with to, to, make, uh, to, to make their faith easier to swallow, like I, I mentioned before. Uh, and this is, this is an area where uh, I, I would encourage you to go beyond beyond just the individuals themselves, but, but pray for their friends and those that they are spending time with. Maybe maybe you have a, a child who has gone down this path, who has uh, found themselves surrounded by a group of people who believes a certain way about Jesus or about the Bible or about something that the Bible says. And so uh, because they were surrounded by this group of people, they've gone uh, with this group of people to uh, this side of the coin. And, and that is uh, a, a tragic thing in in many regards, and one to uh, engage and to pray uh, for. And I believe that if you've had uh, somebody close to you go down that path, you've probably prayed for them many a time, and, and you're probably praying for them uh, every day. And, and that is a, a beautiful thing. Now, uh, I want to encourage us to take that that emotion and that feeling and take that into our prayer for the church as we cry out for the church itself and and what we're doing in and uh, in and outside of our churches and, and, and what our Sunday mornings look like and our services look like and our conversations, our life groups, our small groups, whatever uh, your congregation does for uh, breaking into those smaller atmospheres outside of your Sunday morning regular gatherings. We need to be willing to go to go, go, go to go to battle for the church. This is uh, Jesus's bride that we're talking about, is it not? 
So we have uh, this idea that we need to be engaging, and, and this is another way to engage. And so uh, that's why I've organized it in this way to have uh, prayers, our second point, uh, probably our most important, though, uh, if you, if you want to get all down to semantics with me. But uh, let's, let's, let's think about it. Let's think about ways that we can engage besides just the, the conversations or the arguments. Uh, let's engage in prayer, and let's uh, get our heart focused on where our hearts need to be. As individual men, this is where uh, courageously leading starts. This is where courageously leading uh, gets gets its momentum is, is with you going to the source and aligning uh, your life uh, with the life that God's called you to, not the life that you want to live, but the life that God's called you to, to do and to be. And you will see and you will have more moments of engagement in this conversation come up because uh, you are focusing your heart on contending for the faith, on contending for uh, the church and protecting uh, what the church is supposed to be. And you will be part of the solution in leading the church to what it is supposed to be, as opposed to uh, drifting away from uh, perhaps what we've been called to do. I've been going through Acts uh, slowly but surely over uh, a bit longer of of a year now, I suppose, or, or close to a year, as uh, I've been uh, picking back in and, and, and diving in and diving out and just looking at the uh, the early church, as we've come to call it, and uh, just to see the way that the, the church moved and, and the, the faith and just the, the, the constant yes uh, to what God was calling them to do from the uh, from the apostles to uh, the church is it formed as as to uh, congregations and taking care of one another and uh, there's this this constant theme of uh, of prayer and going to uh, the the source of where all this is coming from and and why would we not do still do that today why would we not still uh, dive into prayer today and brothers that's a follow in to point number three here don't lose hope don't lose hope this isn't an area where we can. We can we can whine and complain and 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 dwindle back and hold back. This is an area where we've we've got to hold one another accountable and and not losing hope. Don't lose hope in in your location and where you live and what you see happening. Don't lose hope in in, in the truth. Don't lose hope in. Uh, in in those that you've seen drift from the faith and and drift away from from Jesus, don't lose hope that they can return. Don't lose hope. If you lose hope, then you're going to be less likely to engage, and you'll be less likely to be praying for these people. You'll be less likely to be praying for the church, and you're probably just going to find yourself souring over time and becoming uh, more antagonistic uh, and and more despondent than anything. And that's not a place where we want to be as Christian men. That's not courageously leading. That's not always yearning. In fact, uh, that's given up. When we lose hope, it's a sign that we're throwing in the towel, that we're raising the white flag, that we're surrendering, and we can't surrender to the world. Now, I know that uh, me saying here not to lose hope is, is, is an easy phrase to say, and you may be listening to this and and thinking and, and holding on to that last strain of, of hope. And my, my my heart goes out to you. There are people in, in my life that uh, it's very tempting to lose hope for. It's there's very tempting. There's a, there's a young lady in my life who, um, who I grew up with and who has made some uh, differing decisions in, in her faith. And 
uh, when I found myself uh, losing hope for for her returning to the truth and uh, returning to returning to to the the true Jesus and understanding that I uh, I took a uh, a bracelet that she had made me back back uh, when she was traveling a long long time ago. And our friendship goes back a, a number of years. Uh, I took I took that and, and I hung it from my rearview mirror in my car. And for me, uh, not only is that a symbol to not lose hope, but it's also a reminder to be in prayer for her, no matter how long it takes, no matter how many years it takes for her to see uh, the truth and to see the error of her ways and how she's been led astray by uh, by the world. It is a reminder for me to get my heart right in the matter, uh, to to channel my, my frustration, my anger the right way, to draw nearer to God because of this and to to lean in and to uh, to get more more people praying for her that, that, that can and that will and that I will follow through on that. Uh, and also for, for myself, when I look up in my rearview mirror, which, hey, you should probably be doing when you're driving, I, I think about her often. And I think about her often and I find myself uh, praying throughout the day for her because of that symbol. So I don't know... I don't know who it is in your life that uh, you are, are tempted to lose hope for, but uh, I'm going to challenge you here to double down. Double down on your anticipation and expectation of what God can do. God is unstoppable. We, we are already on the winning side of this war. The question is whether or not you're in the battle or whether or not you're sitting on the sidelines. You've been invited into more. You are a courageous leader. You can always yearn for more of Him. You can uh, draw nearer to Him. You can desire more of Him in your life, and you can lead because of that. You can be an example to those around you, an example of a man who's who's willing to engage in the things that are, are not always fun to engage in, to have conversations that would be easier to avoid. You're a man who knows where his strength comes from, who knows where the well is to to get uh, get get uh, um, refueled and uh, to to be filled. You you know where to go, and and you know that you not losing hope will carry over and will be contagious to those around you. There is likely people in your life that need you to demonstrate and to show and to lead in this capacity. Just showing that you're not losing hope. That's an important characteristic in any leader, especially as men, men who are willing to hope in things greater, hope in the truth, and live it out. You've got to follow through. As a man, you have to follow through. So here we are, uh, wrapping up our conversation. We We could talk about quote, progressive, and quote, Christianity all day. We could talk about what's wrong. We could talk about where it's going. We could talk about uh, what one person thinks progressiveness is versus another. We could, we could take this conversation multiple ways, and uh, that's what I'm going to encourage you to do uh, with uh, the men in your life, with uh, the men that you know, with whoever's holding you accountable. Talk about it. How have you run into this in your day-to-day life? What, what do you think of when you hear somebody say that they're a progressive Christian? What is your response? How do you, how do you engage in that? How do you pray 
against that. How do you pray for uh, those individuals who are, are buying into uh, the the progressive movement? How do you how do you do that, and and how do you prevent yourself from losing hope? Those are all uh, questions. Those are all comments that uh, can be dove in further and uh, expanded on and uh, conversed on. So so do that. Do that next time you have uh, the opportunity. Maybe uh, shoot that text right now. Hey, hey, so-and-so, what, what do you think it means to be a progressive Christian? And unpack that because this is a growing trend. It's been growing for years and it's going to continue to grow. And so the, the question is, are you going to engage in that? Are you going to be praying in this space? And will you lose hope? Those are questions for us all to uh, think about us all to pay attention to. Uh, so with that, gentlemen, see you guys on the next episode. Remember to share the show, uh, forward this uh, on, pass it on, uh, take this link, share share the show. There's no marketing here. There's uh, no uh, no advertising that uh, you're going to see on this podcast. Uh, there's no uh, paper clicks. This is a, um, a word of mouth growth platform here. So share the show. If you found impact, if uh, there's some things here that raise some questions for you, share it, uh, pass it on. And if you didn't get any value, then don't, don't pass it on. And just know that uh, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you that uh, you would find yourself uh, courageously leading, stepping up to the plate, stepping up to lead and always yearning for more Jesus in your life.